Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. This is The Layers by Stanley Kunitz. I have walked through many lives, some of them my own, and I am not who I was, though some principle of being abides from which I struggle not to stray. When I look behind, as I am compelled to look before I can gather strength to proceed on my journey, I see the milestones dwindling toward the horizon and the slow fires trailing from the abandoned campsites over which scavenger angels wheel on heavy wings. Oh, I have made myself a tribe out of my true affections, and my tribe is scattered. How shall the heart be reconciled to its feast of losses? In a rising wind, the manic dust of my friends, those who fell along the way, bitterly stings my face. Yes, I turn, I turn, exulting somewhat, with my will intact to go wherever I need to go, and every stone on the road precious to me. In my darkest night, when the moon was covered and I roamed through wreckage, a nimbus-clouded voice directed me, live in the layers, not on the litter. Though I lack the art to decipher it, no doubt the next chapter in my book of transformations is already written. I am not done with my changes. Here's our world. Beautiful things happen and hard things do too. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. Let us not pretend as much as we can. This is what you and I are about. There is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction and division and partisanship And then we gather here in community to practice being the person that we're trying to be. We cannot do everything, but we can do something. And that something is never nothing. So here in the beginning of March, let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. I saw Jackson Brown in concert um, when I was 16. I was a folk nerd even then. Um, And I took my then uh, girlfriend and she's like, what are we listening to? (laughs) This is like dad music. And I've loved him, I've loved him ever since. Um, Tuesdays are Mondays, if you are me. What I mean by that is the first day back in the office and um, email is piled high since Sunday afternoon, and there is a list of things that I have to do. The list I make on, I make it on post-it notes with a pen, so I can get the satisfaction of crossing them off, and I put a line right through them. Does anybody else do this? I even write down things that I've already done. (laughs) 
If you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that. We need a head start. We need some like achievement in our lives. This is an easy way to do that. You just write down things you've already done and you just go woof. And it's like, oh. <laughs> back when I was in Emily's shoes, way back when, um, Roger Payne, my supervisor at First Parish in Lincoln, tried to teach me that interruptions are the work. He said, interruptions are the work. When I would get annoyed and I'd say, things keep happening. And he said that because life is what happens when we're making plans. And one of the minister's jobs, most important jobs, he said, is to help us respond to life. But Roger was not a compulsive planner like I am. And my need for plans is one of the ways that I lower the temperature of my generalized anxiety and my very low tolerance for uncertainty. Maybe this is true for some of you. You might have chosen the wrong kind of work, you told me. <laughs> when I told him about these tendencies. But because I want to be better than I am, and because I want to live with my anxiety and not in spite of my anxiety, do you hear the difference? And because I have, a, I have a great therapist who, over the years, has taught me how to self-soothe. It's a wonderful phrase, self-soothe. Including making lists like the ones I described to help me respond to the overwhelming sort of underwater feeling that I get. Maybe you get that. I have learned over this time how, in the, in the poem that Matt read for us, that I am not done with my changes. And thank God for that. None of us are. Thank God for that. But anyway, back to Tuesday that is my Monday. Here's my list. This is just this Tuesday. Text Tasker. to see if shipment of 2,000 flags are en route from Nebraska. By the way, once we take this down in two weeks, if you have a need <laughs> for like, for, we're, we're joking, like for DigSafe or anything, we, 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 we are your people, so come to us, right, Tasker? That's right. <laughs> All right, so I did that. So check in with staff about finding any recommendations the CDC might have for faith communities in response to coronavirus? And they do. That was good to find. Finish up those emails inviting us to circles to talk about stewardship and finances and the importance of our annual pledge. Because in times like these, places like these are needed now more than ever. So I did all of these emails. I still think I have a couple left to do. My whole ask to you, the reason I'm doing this personally is because I want you to know that when you give, I said this this morning to the group there, we, you are giving to the person next to you and next to them and next to them in this great big whole reverberation of generosity. I want us to know that. So that was on the list. Zoom call with my clergy coach, Larry who I have 
talked with once a month for over 10 years. He's got a whistle, and he invites me to do calisthenics for my soul so that I, in turn, can do that for you. Find Sunday's reading, which I did weeks ago, so I get to cross that one off. (laughs) Send it to Matt. There you go. That felt good. Write up the order of service draft. And then last, get ready for men's group that night. And Julian, wherever you are, I couldn't agree more. Like, it has, like this group of guys has meant so much to me. Last week, this past week, like 22 guys in the circle together on Tuesday night from all genera- generations in our community. It's wonderful. And what is it now? It's like 1220. I'm plugging through my list. And I'm on my plan, and I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm feeling self-satisfied for my ability to put quantifiable success against qualitative work. You ever have that feeling? (laughs) And I want to call up Roger. He's retired in Colorado. Hey, Roger, interruptions aren't the work, man. (laughs) I got a list, and I'm working my way through it. Maybe, Emily, you can look forward to such a moment directed to me. So I go down to the kitchen. I allow myself like a few minutes to, to, to make my breakfast burrito because I love burritos and I love breakfast and it's like a combo. And I wash my hands and I sing the birthday song twice. And just as the microwave beeps that it's ready, Heather, Reverend Heather Kincannon, Pops her head into the kitchen. She says, guess who's here? Roger? Did he? <laughs> Did he come back? Because he know I need some supervising? Is it, is it Elizabeth, who's the director of the Sherburne Library, to say a miracle's happened? <laughs> the library, like the, the never-ending fencing is gone, and they're going to be done in, like, April. Is it Bernie? Is Bernie here? (laughs) Joey, she says. Joey's here. Now, some of you remember Joey. How many of us remember Joey? You are such faithful, like, Sunday attenders. It's amazing. All right, so I'm going to describe Joey for, I'm going to give a reminder for those of you. I gave this sermon about Joey like a month ago, January 26th. So he is the guy who for years has come to the church and he's ridden his bike. He's like 55 or so, I think. And he rides his bike around the front of the church and he parks right over here because my office is in the back. And he comes and he always asks for gift cards to the grocery store. Joey... um, needs more than I can give. Joey has pushed up against my boundaries and my comfort zone and makes me think of people in my life, especially those with addiction, whose longing for anything outpaces my capacity to give them anything. Whose longing for anything outpaces my ability to be a difference maker. 
Joey is the, is the guy that I saw outside Dunkin' Donuts, as you might remember, on Christmas Eve, on his bike, leaning on his bike, who I saw, and then I drove past him and parked in the back so I wouldn't have to, so he wouldn't see me and ask me for anything. But then who, because I was coming here to tell stories about Christmas and how it's about the least and the lost and not like buying loads of stuff like coffee cards at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I felt that, I felt that shame. So I got him this card, as you remember, this Dunkin' Donuts card, to ease my shame, I think, and also to tell him that I see you, Joey, Merry Christmas, I see you, and I wanted to invite him to services, but you may remember that Joey had headphones in, and just as I ran out the door of the Dunkin' Donuts with the card in hand, yelling, Joey, Joey! He didn't hear me, and he ran off, he, he rode off. And how at the end of the sermon, remember, I promised you, I promised myself, I promised you that if he came back on his bike, riding in front of the church and parking over here and coming up to my door, that I would take the time to sit with him and ask him more about him and his life and how it is that he's come to ask me all the time for these cards. And then in the end, I would give him that Dunkin' Donuts card. And I would, I would tell him that, that I was sorry. So we remember. And for those of you that weren't here, you got a sense. Can you imagine somebody, do you have somebody in mind that, that is that person in your life? Joey's here, Heather says. Well, damn it. Because <laughs> I have a list and he's not on it. I've got stuff to do. Interruptions are the work, Roger says. Roger, just retire. Just retire. But you know that line that your family or your partner or your kids give to you when they see you do something that you told them not to do? Maybe this doesn't happen to you, but... The line that says, how about you practice what you preach, okay? Well, try being a preacher. <laughs> and hearing that line to you by yourself. So I've got my burrito in my hand, and I walk up, hey, Joey, and he's right there, he's right there on my door, right on the threshold like he always is. You got a minute? I ask him, and he nods. So I ask him to take a seat, and as he does, I realize that this is the first time in all of the years that he's come by to see me that I've ever asked him to sit down. Now, I'm not judging that. I'm just noting that. I'm just noting that. 
I'm noticing how it feels, actually, as he sits down and I get ready to talk to him, that I'm finally doing something that I had stalled on and excused away for years, and I'm noticing how it feels. How does it feel? It feels renewing. You know what I mean? It feels relieving. It feels strengthening. Joey, can I ask you just a couple of questions? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, where do you, like, where do you live, man? Like, where do you live? I see you out here all the time. And he says, I live in Auburndale. So that's like in Newton. Wow, and Joe, you ride all the way out here? How come you ride all the way out here? I got PTSD. I got anxiety. I saw my dad die by suicide right in front of me when I was in high school. I got I got anxiety, he says. And I spent the next like 20 years, he says, like just drinking, like and just doing drugs and just like hiding. And then he stands up and he fishes his hands in his pocket, both pockets, looking for his keys. And he pulls out his keys and he hands me his keys. But now I got this, he says, and he hands me this bronze medallion that says 15 years sober. I don't drink no more. And I got anxiety, and so I ride. It helps calm me, okay? If I stay locked up in my room, my mind just goes like, and he does this motion, it just is like, I just can't, it just goes like this, so I just got to get out, and I just got to ride, and I come out here, and all the trees and the roads, it helps soothe me. You know what I mean? I mean, Joey, I ride my bike for the same reason. I know what you mean. Yeah, he said it's good, right? Like, but I, I got disability. I live on disability, he says. And after I pay my rent in this assisted living place and I pay for my phone and I work on my bike, I don't, I don't have much left for food, you know? And I say to him, so is that why you ask for cards? Is that why you come to me asking for cards? And he says, yeah, you know, look, I mean, like sometimes I just want to get stuff I like. Like I just want to get stuff that I like, you know what I mean? I mean, I stop at all the churches, pastor. And most of the time, no one will talk to me. So, Joey, I want to tell you something. On Christmas Eve, I saw you, Joey, outside of Dunkin' Donuts on Christmas Eve, right outside the door on your bike. Do you remember being there? And he's like, you know, nah, I ride everywhere. I don't keep track. 
Well, listen, Joey, I saw you and I bought you this card and I get up out of my desk and the card is literally right on my desk. It's been waiting there for two months. It's been waiting there. I bought you this card, Joey, because I saw you and I wanted to wish you um, Merry Christmas, but you didn't hear me. You had your headphones in. And then I tell him to hold on a second and I go out to the place I keep all the, the cards and I come back and I give him like a stack of cards. <laughs> Give him a stack of cards, stop and shop. I give him those first, so he's not asking me. Do you, do you understand? I want to give, he doesn't need to ask me. I want to give it to him first. I want to offer them. And then he takes them and he thanks me, but he thanks me for something that I'm not expecting. Pastor, thanks for talking. Thanks for sitting down. And then I tell him, I'm sorry, it's taken me so long, Joey. And then, of course, we share some small talk about bikes. <laughs> And I'm t I tell him I'm happy to work on stuff if it gets broken. And then he responds back, well, you know, I'm pretty handy, actually. <laughs> if, you, if you need help, I can help you. <laughs> Which is an important, an important note, the reciprocity. How here I am, like this privileged person, thinking that I'm always the one who's going to give, and he's always the one who's going to receive. To go deeper in our relationships, we have to have reciprocity. We have to have give and take. We have to be the helper and the person who's helped. And then he gets up to leave, and he looks me in the eye, and he takes my hand, and he says, thanks, Pastor. See ya. See ya. And he gets, comes out here on his bike, and I just... I watch him ride out, right out, right down the driveway onto maybe the next church, actually, but actually onto the soothing that he needs. I've been thinking of Joey all week, as you can imagine. As we experience anxiety on a national scale, Stock market, phones exploding, the sound of hand washing reverberating through the suburbs. <laughs> I've been thinking of Joey and how good he is at the practice of self-soothing and how good he is at asking for help. I've been thinking of Joey and how 15 years ago he decided that he was not done with his changes. And he got sober and he began looking after his mental health. I mean, Molly described it. How hard is that? What kind of guts does it take for a guy to come up to me and tell me his story after me just asking, just tell me about yourself? What kind of courage does that take? 
I've been thinking about Joey and how the interruptions for the work, my friends. What are the interruptions in your life that you just like, I don't have time for that. What is interrupting you now, asking you to pay attention? What is happening to help you realize that you're not done with your changes and you've got some work to do, especially when you listen to someone else's story? I've been thinking about Joey and me and you who struggle in the quiet, who pretend like Jackson Brown describes in the song that you guys sang, the pretender who pretend to be something that we know we're not, to feel something we know we don't. I thought of Joey yesterday when 20 of us were out front in the cold and the wind. It was like, of course, the one day putting those pieces of me the, the metal into the ground, bending the metal down, putting the flags up, and the sign to say anxious, depressed, worried, hopeless, addicted, and the hung signs, tasker you did that said, you were loved, you were seen, you were not alone. I'm thinking of Joey as we do that. I'm thinking of myself. I'm thinking of you. And, you know, I'm going to be thinking of Joey in these coming weeks, wondering what comes next, you and I, wondering about what's uncertain, wondering about our plans and how our lists get interrupted, and how important it will be to lean on each other, hygienically, of course. I'll be thinking of Joey as we ask, how do we soothe ourselves? Saying together, you and I, into the mirror, I hope, into the mirror. Saying to your family. Saying to, as we do out front, any person that drives by or walks by, you are loved, you are seen, you are not alone. Friends, we are not done with our changes, and thank God for that. I love y'all.